good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Coach McFay Show. I'm JB, along with my broadcast partner, DeMarco mm -hmm. Farr. Uh, every Victory Monday is worth <sighs> celebrating, but I love the ones that are uh, what Sean McVay describes as the all-hands-on-deck. I like it, yeah. 30-point Victory Monday. All happy. That was fun. It was the fun. Coach, yeah. Yeah, maybe this would have been more fun way to do the um, virtual <laughs> Zoom meeting <laughs> so that some of the comments are a little bit friendlier than they were last week. It's I'm all still recovering from that. Uh, so we've got a few mean tweets to read you, yeah. Coach, with uh, Names and homes towns. We'll start knowing. There yeah, you go. Kidding, wow, of course. But um, in all seriousness, there are a lot of uh, people up and down your organization, yep. on the field and behind the scenes, that you could clearly tell contributed to that game plan yesterday. And and the week of preparation that you put in was easy to see. Yeah, it, it was fun. And I think, you know, what yesterday was was a reflection of all hands on deck. Everybody has a role. Everybody did such a great job. I thought, you know, ultimately the players make it come to life with their execution on game day. But can't say enough about the coaching staff. Offensively, defensively, special teams guys, putting together good plans, maximize and accentuate our player skill sets. And then, you know, I've gained more appreciation for this team over this little rough patch that we've had because of the consistency, the way these guys have come to work. They haven't been phased. You know, we always talk about, hey, nobody flinch, nobody blink. Let's trust the process. Let's adjust the things that are necessary. And to go out and deliver the way that they did yesterday makes it that much more special. Now let's build on it. But mm -hmm. for how many guys, you know, came out and contributed and did their thing. And I also saw some good responses from some adversity, even in the game, where guys showed the mental and the physical toughness to respond uh, was big time. And, and some guys were asked to step up, as we know, that I'm sure we'll get to talking about as well. Well, I know coaches and players, you guys all work your butt off. And sometimes it just, you come up short, but it, it had to feel good just to get the W to pay it off. It did, you know, because you put in all that work to try to accomplish those things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you want to be able to trust that process, the preparation, and then ultimately let it come to life. You know better than anybody, DeMarco, sometimes things don't always go the way that we plan. But if we do trust the process, if we have the right approach, that right rhythm and, and daily approach that we talk about, you're going to give yourself the best opportunity to play at your best level with a quiet in mind, being confident, enjoying the opportunity to compete, knowing what a blessing it is and I think that's what our guys did yesterday. I'm going to start at the kickoff then. How did you arrive at Brandon Powell being your next returner in line and how did that group of 11 who started on the field for you set the table for a chance to go ahead and play from ahead all day? They did a great job. You know I, I think from the jump you know really with Brandon Powell he came in a, a few weeks ago and, uh, you know, I was sitting there in a meeting. He's, he's played. He's, he's had some return opportunities. Shoot, even Stafford gave him a jet sweep, you know, in Detroit before. So he's a guy that's capable. He did some things in Atlanta. You know, one of the, he's sitting there one day, uh, you know, we, we get him from the practice squad. And if you, you guys haven't seen him in person, I mean, he looks eerily similar to Antonio Brown. I mean, those wow. guys, if they, are, you, they look yeah. exactly alike. But he did a great job setting the tone from the jump. I thought Terrell Burgess had an outstanding block at the point of attack there. But, you know, to be able to get that going what good positive momentum to start off would have loved to have turned that into a touchdown but still you know Mr. Automatic Matt Gay delivered ended up getting a field goal out of that um, but it was a great way to start the day I thought it really set the tone for for a good solid day for our teams overall when he made the cut inside I'm like no and then he bounced it up yeah all right I thought he was gonna take that thing to the house I man. did too he came out of that it, it, and I thought it was a really well blocked return yeah. you, know, you talk about decisiveness being able to get vertical immediately set the set the return the way that we wanted to but there was 10 other guys that did an outstanding job of allowing that thing to come to life great design by joe d and stooks and uh you know really pleased for that group to be able to you know reap the benefits of, of the work that they put in uh, two superstars on defense aaron donald and jalen ramsey have said all the right things publicly i'm sure done all the right things behind the scenes to 
stay the course like yeah. you've described over the last month and they create a takeaway for you to grab a 10 nothing lead. Yeah, I, th I think that's, you know, in those types of moments, you know, those guys, you know, you talk about the competitive greatness illustrated by those guys in that moment. It was huge. I mean, Aaron wins, uh, you know, really, I'm kind of glad they let that play roll. They probably weren't legally set when they went tempo on us. Aaron ends up winning so quickly. It was one of his patented. looks like he's going to rip the person's shoulder off with the ball, uh, kind of similar to what he did a couple years ago in San Fran, forces it out. And, uh, you know, Jalen did a great job. You know, I, I expected a little bit more coming out of that thing them up, you know give them a hard time but it was a great play by both those guys it was awesome what do you say to Aaron when you watch this on tape when you see this I mean I know you see it from field level what would you say to him I, well I can't say it on camera but my goodness gracious well, temporary what would you say I just I can't say. <laughs> yeah, you know what I want to so say. So that's what I said too. Oh my God! Yeah, wow. Exactly. No, it's you're a bad man. Yeah. I mean, you are. He's unbelievable. He brings it. You know, one of my favorite things about Aaron is, you know, you just see better than anything you hear, and he shows up, snap in and snap out, mm -hmm. the way he competes. I think one of the best things you can say about anybody that's an elite competitor, they raise the level of play of everyone around them. That's what Aaron Donald does. And, uh, you know, for him to be able to make that play and what an impact that had on allowing us to get up 10 nothing right from the jump, you know, it's just, you know, you're going wire to wire leading the game and, and plays like that, whether it's the return or even forcing that, uh, you know, that early turnover. And, I mean, how many times have we talked about winning the turnover battle? And, mm -hmm. and again, it, it, it comes to life in, in a positive way for us, which is what we want to be able to see. Uh, you know, week in and week out. That was the flashiest example of what became a theme for the game, stuffing the opponent's early down run. Yeah. A long of 13, an average of 2.4, you can win a lot of games that way. No question. And, and really, that was a big point of emphasis. thought we kept the ball in front of us. I thought we earned the opportunity to rush the passer. You could really feel that pocket collapsing, sometimes with four, sometimes if we sent more than four. And guys were having fun, man. I mean, there was a swagger, there was a confidence. The atmosphere was electric, but I thought, uh, you know, the fans did a great job showing up and, and rooting our guys on but I also thought they gave our players gave the fans a lot of things to be excited about and uh, those are fun days man and Ernest Jones continues to get better and better boy does he learn fast he's a stud you know and uh you know, we were. I was talking to JB and Mo after the game, and you let Mo know too. He is right. We did play Ernest more in some of those other packages. Just kind of got it got cut out for a minute. But you know, Ernest is a special player. I mean, he's a quick study. He learns from his mistakes so quickly. But I thought you felt his range and his length yesterday. You know, he had some great you know ability to diagnose some things early on in the down, some screens where he's playing sideline to sideline. I thought he really did a great job using his hands and the run fits, and then he ends up with a sack, and you know, he had a cool little celebration. Celebration, you know, getting get excited. I don't know, but he was having fun. He's a, he's he's an impressive young player that's only going to get better, and I think he's going to be uh, you know a cornerstone for our team. If the last couple of weeks have taught me anything, I think it's that Greg Gaines is fast. Greg Gaines is What's that fast? a heck of a play? Dude. He can pick him up and turn it over. You know, I mean, it was unbelievable because we all know Lawrence can run. And you could see, I mean, those little legs turning over and being able to make that play. That was a great play by Greg Gaines. I mean, that I, love room, that. I can only imagine if you want to step foot in that position group, you have to go about your business the right way. Mm -hmm. When Aishan's playing well, too, Sebastian Joseph Day. Like, mm -hmm. if you want any part of that dog work, I think you have to... <laughs> 
have the right mentality. Totally. Eric Henderson and Marcus Dixon do such a great job with that room. But, you know, one of the things to me, you know, players are always usually one of the best indicators of, all right, if a guy can play or not. And, you know, Aaron Donald is a guy that knows exactly what it looks like. Mm -hmm. And immediately since Gaines got here, you could see those two guys have a nice friendship. Aaron has a lot of respect for Greg. And that's how you know Greg is the real deal. You know, those guys have a great rapport. I've loved, you mentioned Sean Robinson. You talk about a guy that has played really good football had a huge force fumble for us. Mm -hmm. But those two guys, you know, losing a player like Sebastian Joseph Day, that's a big loss. But I couldn't be more impressed with Greg and Sean and the way that they're playing. We've been so you know steady on the interior parts of the D-line. Eric Henderson deserves a lot of credit along with Marcus Dixon. But those three guys in particular have really stood out over the last few weeks. AD always shows up, but, but watching Greg and Sean get more opportunities and just play good, solid football and make the plays, it's it's been awesome. There are no perfect days as a defensive line but that was damn close. Yeah, and I was. did slow that down with Greg Gaines and, and Lawrence, and he was step for step. The guy could he not was, pull away. Man. That I mean, was it amazing. It was impressive turnover. It, yeah. it was a great play by Greg. We'll have some fun watching that big as time. a team. And I have given Ashawn Robinson the new name Big Daddy. Yeah. That's a big deal in the football world when that I is. name you Big Daddy. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I bet. That's, that's playing big. Is that your and, nickname? No, I'm, I'm, I'm too small to be Big Daddy. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I mean, dude, he's playing big in there. He is. Yeah, I mean, huge and making plays. That's awesome. It's been great. No, I, yeah. I, and, and you can see, too, I love watching these guys work in their individual periods. You know, there's not a single minute that gets wasted. Everything is so intentional. There's a focus. There's a concentration about getting better, really working our craft. And I think you're really seeing, you know, that work really come to life during games. And it's been fun. Let's talk some offense. More personnel groupings yesterday than the first 11 games combined. How come? Uh, really just trying to figure out best ways to utilize all the guys that we do have. Um, we've had a lot of different, um, you know, things where a lot of moving parts, I guess you should say, and you take a step back and you say, okay, what's the best way to take advantage of the players that we do have, do some things that we felt like were in alignment with trying to, you know, win the Jaguars game and play, you know, good complimentary football. If that's the approach that we take moving forward, so be it. But I was really pleased with those guys. I think it was an opportunity to get some really good football players on the field. You know, you, you can't tell me Joe Noteboom's not one of our best 11 football players, you know, and so to not find ways to get him involved in some form or fashion, I think shame on us. Um, really great job by Carbs and, and his group being able to get those guys ready to go. Um, I thought he did an outstanding job. You know, Wes with some more tight ends playing, Thomas getting Sony ready to carry the load, Makai was ready if, if, we, if needed be, and, and Eric Yarber with, uh, you know, with those guys in the receiving room, a lot of different bodies that you're seeing in there, but guys are delivering, and, and then Kevin, you know, over seeing it all and doing a great job with Matthew along with Zach Robinson. Not trying to bury the lead about Sony Michelle. Great. And Cooper Cup, always terrific. But you score from the five with a backup guard and a backup center. Yeah. That's amazing offensive line work. That's physical. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's exemplary work from your offensive line. They did a great job, you know, and I really thought Kendall and Higby on the wing tight end look, you know, did an excellent job being able to create some removal. Um, you know, it takes everybody. And, you know, the running game is the best thing that epitomizes what's so great about football being a team sport. You know, even the way that the quarterback carries out the fake or getting us in and out of the right stuff. And, you know, to be able to excuse me, we go incomplete on first down and then be able to run the football where usually you're thinking, okay, what's going to be your third and two, third and three call, but for him to be able to punch that in, those are exciting things, man. I loved it. It was great. I was going to ask, do you relish it as much? Did you enjoy play calling as the architect 
as much yesterday as when you're throwing for 400 yards. Absolutely. You know, and I think what, what was reflected yesterday is it's about efficient, you know, quality football. And that can be expressed in a variety of ways. And it doesn't have to be, you know, those passes that are going 40 yards in the air. You know, you, you like those. But, hey, however we matriculate the ball down the field, <laughs> you know, and, and end up scoring points is, is what's the most important. But I thought it was uh, – what I liked is that we were able to control the pace of the game on our terms right. yesterday based on the way guys played. We could speed it up. We could slow the game down. I think being able to change some different personnel groupings, I think it was beneficial to us yesterday. If that's something that we continue to do moving forward, so be it. But I think the challenge for us as coaches is knowing that, hey, it really is that 1-0 mindset and mentality every single week, um, not minimizing the importance of, hey, you got five games left. Mm -hmm. But really all that matters is our preparation, our process that's in alignment with trying to go beat an excellent football team in the Cardinals on Monday night next week. I should have said a backup center, backup guard, and a 40-year-old left tackle. Soon to be 40-year-old left tackle. There you go. You'll never see that again. A 40-year-old guy playing football on the offensive it's, line. It's amazing. Yeah. It's really, I mean, I can't believe it either. <laughs> I mean, you know, because you go back and you talk about here we are in year five, and there was never any doubt about the caliber of player, but it was unprecedented to pay a guy, you know, when you sign him in free agency when he was 36 years old at the time or 35 years old at the time. You're saying, ah, you know, and he comes in and not only, you know, plays outstanding for that three-year deal that he signed, now he's on his really third variation of that deal wow. because of what he's meant to this team and the production and, and all the things that he's checking the boxes on. And at the end of the day, you're still able to pass for 303 passing TDs. Let's go to Cooper Cup next oh. I Man. spent most of Sunday relaying superlatives. I'll just give you one here. First player in NFL history with 100 catches, 10 receiving touchdowns or more in his first 12 games of a season. Is that right? But uh, you well, didn't know. Awesome. I mean, I know what he's doing, yeah. but I, I, you know, I could give you, you guys. Could, they, 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 there's, go ahead, <laughs> it, it, no, it's, more. it's it's outrageous wow. what he's done. You know, so seven. through 12 games, first player in NFL history with 100 catches and 10 touchdowns. Uh, I know he's got 11 actually. 11 now. He's got career highs across the board. But his post-game interview might have been the uh, most incredible thing he did yesterday. It's gone viral. How could it not? A, a three deep fire zone that he reads I'm just so in real proud time. Of him. <laughs> oh man, he's, he speaks Sean McVay, right? He sounds like you. Yeah. He sounds like Cooper Cup. He's he, wow. I mean, but that to me though, like, you know, people joke about it, but if you really know what he's saying, you know, cuz a lot of people, let's be honest, they're thinking, I don't know what the hell he's saying right <laughs> yeah. there. But it is such an educated, informative answer that is a true reflection of this guy's a special player, but he knows exactly what's going on on the field. I mean, you talk about everybody wants to make a joke, you know, he works like a quarterback, stuff like that. That answer epitomizes like the way he sees the game mm -hmm. is through the lens of the quarterback. To understand the intricacies, if you like break down that answer, what he's really talking about. It's incredible, and it's why you see such a confident, decisive player that's doing things that have never been done in this league before with all these tremendous, incredible players that have come before him that are currently playing. And this, this reflection of the production that he's putting on tape week in and week out is such a positive you know, endorsement for the Rams, but, but for the work that he puts in. And I love Cooper Cup. You know, you're lucky to work with a lot of these players that we're talking about. You know, that's where you really you think to yourself as a coach. It's why you do it. You know, you get an opportunity to work with guys like him and Aaron and 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 Matthew. And I mean, we just have such a special group of men. Um, and then you know how smart and how important it is mm -hmm. to them. That that answer kind of epitomizes <laughs> it all. What's the rest of the numbers? Come on. Yeah, give me a couple. Yeah, more. yeah. Well, he's got what seven catches and ninety plus yards Jeez. Wow. in every game but one this year, I think. 
it's, it's eight in a row. I mean, he's in select yeah. company. He's with your Hall of Fame receivers. That's amazing. Put it that way. It's, I mean, Isaac's yeah. there. Elroy Hirsch is there. Wow. Corey's going to be there someday. And then Cooper Cup is right there in that company. Stud. And you still got games to play. That's, that's the amazing thing. So this is the thing. I'm glad you said that. This is Cooper Cup because some people think it's you that put that in his head. I think he came to this team with that. Oh, I do too. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that he did because yeah. I can remember – <laughs> so at the combine, the way that they have this stuff set up, when you when you're kind of getting these in, these interviews with players, you have the ability to have certain guys that you want to sign up to have a 15 minute allotment where basically it's myself, Les, some of the coaches, other scouts are in there, and you're asking these guys stuff, and and you know you, they've already done their background on them, so we know a lot of that stuff, and so we got an opportunity to talk 15 minutes of football with them, and I remember sitting there with Eric Yarber and some of our other coaches, and you feel like you're talking to a coach. I mean, mm-hmm. the maturity, the ownership, the understanding, the recall, the ability to really explain what's going on, not exclusive to just his route and his assignment, but everything that was going on around him, the coverages, what are these plays designed to attack? That was Cooper Cup. Mm. All he's done is just build on that, have even more ownership and autonomy of, of everything that's going on. And that answer was uh, <laughs> not surprising, but I, I got a good laugh at that, you know, just because he's, he's a awesome. cyborg. <laughs> I was uh, fascinated to hear OBJ speak mm. last week about pushing him towards 2,000 receiving and yeah. kind of being new to this group that he wants what's best for Cooper Cup. I thought that was pretty cool. Why was it important, if it was important, to get OBJ that touchdown at the end of yesterday's game? Well, I think it was important because it represented opportunity to be able to punch it in. You know, I thought it was good to be able to get him involved early in that game on the 27-yard crossing route off of the, the, the uh, you know, the keeper game. But, you know, he's only getting better. Um, you know, he's a guy that's done it at a really high level. There's still a lot of things that we're trying to just learn as we go. And, you know, the challenging thing, which is, I think, such a, an impressive reflection on him and how smart he is, is we really even haven't had a chance to practice with him yet, mm-hmm. you know, because he gets banged up. You know, he's pushing through the, the hip pointer all last week. So he's limited where I think there's such an important uh, deal that, that comes down to the rapport with the timing and rhythm between the quarterback and the receiver. And we haven't had a chance to really get any of that between he and Matthew. And the fade is one of those routes that takes a lot of timing. And for those two guys to be able to connect on that play was pretty impressive and I thought it was I thought it was great to be able to get all those guys to be able to get into the end zone Cooper Van and Odell good day for the receiving room with all three of those guys being able to get one in that that fade the, the first of all the pass was money yes it, it was, was a strike but the catch yeah unbelievable for so for all the naysayers this is what I said that's why that guy. How many guys can make that sort of catch on that play? Who are you talking about? The naysayers on the uh, this, just the, I mean, the show they're watching, criticizing yeah, you right why now. Why would you bring that guy in? He's yeah. this. He's that. Well, did you see that? Name a guy that can do that. It was a good play. You know what? I thought he did a great job too. Is he kind of lulled the DB to sleep? He knew he had man where he was just direct vision on him, kind of slow off the release, nice and patient, and then see those big mitts and the aggressive hands to be able to go attack it. And then I guess he went uh, with a unique celebration. You know, I, I, this is the first time I really feel like I'm out of touch you know, I've always been a young coach kind of yeah. feel like you got some swag and you're into it I didn't know what the heck was going on there it looked cool Did you know I had no idea I thought he was hurt but I, my only request is can you just ask him to pre-clear his celebration I guess he was reviving himself right? revive from Call of Duty self-revive okay hey he's <laughs> got it he's a, 
hey, I, it makes sense to me now. <laughs> right, right. A right. um, couple other uh, receivers to touch on. And what I love about what Matthew Stafford did yesterday is, you know, Ben Skoranek left one on the turf, Van Jefferson yeah. too didn't blink to go right back to him in key spots and both of them finished the game on a high note because yeah. they're getting into scoring plays. Matthew trusts his players and, and I thought it was great that those guys got an opportunity to respond in the game. You know, because as a skill player, you know, sometimes you're trying to get a guy involved in the coverage or the defensive look doesn't always allow for that to occur. But I thought, you know, number one, Matthew being able to read, recognize and have the trust in those guys and then for those guys to say, hey, want to be able to make those first couple plays because they're capable of it mm-hmm. and because they can but hey it's over with how do we move forward the right way Ben with the big catch down the middle and then Van on the uh, on the touchdown were, were two difficult plays both of which you know they ended up making and you're saying hey just make the first one too <laughs> I'm glad you brought Matthew Stafford up and his toughness Be, being a quarterback and being a guy that used to chase him around everything they do matters to me body language everything he gets drilled lays down pops up refuses to sit down and comes right back in in one play yeah that's amazing. That's uncommon toughness. It is. But that's who he's been, you know, and that's that's Matthew Stafford. And I think we all saw that from his great career that he's had in Detroit and all the different things. And that, that uh, you know, represented an opportunity to see that come to life. You know, even a couple weeks back when he gets his ankle rolled up uh, against Tennessee on a terrible fourth and, fourth and one play call, I'd criticize myself on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he comes back and he's, he's still fighting it out with his teammates. And so he... Uh, that was big time. And it was a strike that he threw over the middle of the van, too. So you kind of lead us to this week's injury report. I guess we start with Brian Allen. Uh, what injury did he suffer that kept him out of yesterday's game for the most part? Yeah, so he got, a, he got an MCL sprain, JB. Uh, hopefully, there's a chance that he'll be able to play this week. Um, you know, in a lot of instances, you kind of take that a little bit at a time. That's mm-hmm. positive news. You know, sometimes you're worried, oh, man, is this going to be a few weeks? Is it a more significant injury? You talk about another really tough player in Brian Allen. And so there's a chance we get him back. But we didn't mention this guy, but but Coleman Shelton, what a great job he did stepping in. You know, for Brian to go down on the first play of the game, Coleman to come in, play great, have great command, great communication, you know, because we put a lot on that center. I thought he and Matthew did a great job throughout the course of the game, getting things aligned the way that we wanted to, especially based on the variety of looks that Jacksonville presented defensively. I think Coach Cohen and those guys do a nice job of really applying pressure and not ever letting you settle in, but Coleman did a great job, and, and we'll see about Brian this week. Oh, I see Coleman Shelton on that touchdown run. He handcuffed the nose tackle. That's right. Yeah, nowhere to that's go. That's all you're watching. I'm watching, of course. It's the pits. I mean, great stuff, but that's that's a credit to you. You're offensive line, your offensive line coaches, that you can lose your center on the first play and not miss a beat, still scores 37 points. Yeah, it really is. It really is, DeMarco. And, and I think it's a real, I think it's a really cool thing for Coleman Shelton because he's been a guy that's been here for a couple years now. He's put in a lot of really good work behind the scenes. You know, COVID didn't enable him to really play in the preseason, uh, but you saw a couple years ago, you know, where he was really starting to assert himself in training camp. Then you come to this year, has a great training camp, kind of gets banged up, but he's able to play in the preseason. And I thought, you know, he was able to really show us in games that, you know, that counted, if you will, mm-hmm. where you're playing against another opponent. This guy can play. He's tough. He's competitive. He's really smart. He's got great poise and command. And then yesterday was really the first game that, he, that he's been able to play. You know, he stepped in against Pittsburgh a couple years ago, but that was a hard situation to really evaluate. And he did a great job. I wasn't surprised, though, but but uh, you definitely don't take it for granted. It was a nice luxury to not have to use Daryl Henderson, though he did have a helmet yesterday. And we were just kind of thinking out loud the way that Sony Michelle is kind of beating up 
the opposing defense with body blows. You could see a scenario where now Daryl Henderson comes back feeling a little bit better and he might have the potential to deliver a knockout blow. Absolutely. You know, I, and I think that's a great point, JB. I think those guys are really good complements of one another. I think it was definitely illustrated yesterday what a rhythm runner Sony is and how that can kind of have a compounding effect on the opposing defense. But getting Daryl back is going to make us better. And, you know, you talk about expanding on some of the personnel groupings. Hey, who's to say you can't have both those guys in the game together at the same time? And um, those are creative things that, that we're going to look to expand upon moving forward. But you're, you're exactly right with the nice compliment and getting, getting Daryl. See, I already thought that. yesterday's tape was enough to make you a harder <laughs> prep this week. You just uh, gave Kingsbury a little something from the coaches show to, uh, to, to lose some sleep over. Last one for me uh, with the injury report would be Justin Hollins. I know his window is open. Mm -hmm. What did you see from him last week at practice and how much closer might he be this week? It was great to be able to have him out there. I mean, you, you're reminded I and mean, you forget because you're so in the moment in the season, but what a great job he did mm -hmm. at the early parts of this year, really asserting himself as a solid, really good player opposite of Leonard Floyd. Now you got Von Miller that we've added to the mix, getting Justin back, but uh, he's making good steady progress. Whether that, you know, whether we actually have him play against Arizona this week mm -hmm. or next week represents the opportunity. Um, we're going to see how he responds, but it was great to be able to have him back out there with us last week. No, I'm done. Get ready for Arizona. Let's go. Yeah. Nice win. Well, let's get going. Let's do it. <laughs> Sean, thanks for your time as always. A comment-free zone here right. on a week 14 edition <laughs> of the Coach McVay Show. Monday Night Football coming your way. For Sean, for DeMarco, I'm JB. Have a great rest of your Monday night. All right. Thanks, guys.